Witchology podcast, sister of Witchology magazine. We are here for the modern witch for everything from astrology, practice and lifestyle. I am Christy, your host, and I'll be joined today by a wonderful guest with another kernel of information to share with you, uh, something that you can take forward into your practice after sitting here and spending this time with us today, or some, you know, something to open your mind and support you on your journey um, along the path. I have a book review for you this week and it is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sungu Mandana. It was first published on the 23rd of August 2022 by Hodder and Stoughton and let's have a synopsis. Mika Moon, an orphan witch raised by a series of nannies employed by an emotionally distant and critical guardian, has never known a life outside of isolation and abiding by the rules. Hiding in plain sight behind her witchy YouTube and Instagram content, Mika is desperate for a life in which she can share her magic openly and find somewhere she truly belongs. When an unexpected message slides into her DMs, offering her a job to tutor three young witches, Mika jumps at the chance of a different life. It's not long before she's entangled in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers and Jamie the handsome and prickly librarian of Nowhere House who would do anything to protect the children. And as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Mika is a threat, an irritatingly appealing threat. So this review is perfect for today because it is raining outside, on and off rain all day, super windy, and this story is just a super cosy, uplifting and romantic story full of magic. It's been described as practical magic meets house on the cerulean sea um, and I'm sure that will mean something to you but I haven't seen slash read either of those things. Um, <laughs> so um, yes I know you can deduct as many points from my witch card as you like for never having seen practical magic but you know I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't know why but I've always I've had an aversion to Sandra Bullock for um, a long time for absolutely no reason. Um, I think it's because I don't know Miss Congeniality had to be on a lot <laughs> when I when I was growing up, I think, as a teenager. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyway, I've never made the time to watch it. Um, maybe, maybe I will at some point soon. I feel like I should. It's kind of a rite of passage. But anyway, so back to the review. Um, I'll preface it with the fact that I don't really like romance. I don't really tend to read it. Um, it mostly doesn't do anything for me. You know, I'm just not into it. Um, but I received this book from the publisher and I was keen to give it a, uh, give it some time and oh my goodness, I am so glad that I did. Overall, I liked it. Um, so let's start with the dislikes because I want to give you a nice round rounded review, but I want to end on a good note. So as I said, I'm not really a fan of romance. Um, so I did find myself rolling my eyes um, at times. <laughs> uh, this isn't a criticism of the book, you know, it's um, it says more about my personal taste than anything. But yeah, um, bit cheesy. Anyway, the only thing I didn't like about the book was the endless, endless, almost insufferable, and I know I'm sounding dramatic, but honestly, to the point that I nearly had to put the book down, there was an insufferable amount of rhetorical questions. Seriously, every plot point had so many just paragraphs full of only rhetorical questions, and you know, it's just not my vibe. <laughs> As a literary device, it's my least favourite. Um, you know, I much prefer to get an insight into what's going on with the characters, you know, their kind of inner turmoil or anything in a different way. I know my A-level in English lit doesn't really qualify me to judge, but, um, you know, I just I just find it a bit cheesy. But that is my only criticism, and it's, a, and it's quite a picky one, so let's get to the good bit. 
where do I start? Where do I start with the likes? Um, firstly, if I were Mika and some random guy swung into my DMs with a job offer, I would, I don't know, I would immediately think that it was some elaborate plan to murder me. I'd have to go be on every uh, database, um, I don't know, list everywhere, anything that I could find uh, to find out if who I was talking to was legitimate or not. Um, you know, I would, I've, maybe I've just watched too many horror movies, watched too much Criminal Minds, I don't know, but yeah, I would definitely not, would not be following that one up. <laughs> but I'm glad that Mika is braver than me because it was such a joy to see her story unfold. I guess the first thing, the first like I would like to highlight is the diverse characters. All of them are just so good and uh, the diversity among them is something, you know, I mean, it's always good to see in, in books, movies, you know, anything. Um, but this cast especially were just so lovable, so lovable in all of their, their own ways. You know, a diverse cast is always, it like amplifies the beauty of life, doesn't it? And it, it brings, makes them more interesting characters, brings a lot of deep subtext, you know, you kind of give so much more of, you know, how a character might behave or how they react to things that, the way they do, what they might say and how they might say it and, you know, that kind of thing. So, one of the most fun things about this book is all the mag magical details. The potions that Mika makes, the, the herbs that she collects, um, all the teas, you know, oh my goodness. Um, so many delightful sounding magical teas that she brews and she makes as kind of like her specialty. Uh, oh, specialty, huh, pun intended. Uh, so, although the, uh, so there's a lot of magical details in the book that are, um, you know, I guess, would we call them fictional? I guess so, fictional magic, where, you know, she's like harvesting meteor shavings and that kind of thing. Like, I'm sure we would all love to be able to do that. I mean, what, imagine what you could do. There was also a lot of modern witchcraft that was woven throughout it. So, um, yeah, super enjoyable. Loved reading about all of those things. Okay, so final main like that I would like to highlight is the... And then, okay, so I don't want to give any spoilers, um, but obviously this book is a romance and as suggested in the synopsis, Mika and Jamie, there's a thing kind of going on, you know, so I'm not spoiling anything with that, but this next one, if you've read the book or if you're going to, or if you, when you do read the book, um, you might disagree with me on this one because there's something that happens that might make you disagree. But anyway, generally the relationship between those two characters is really unproblematic. And I found that, I mean, sadly, found that refreshing <laughs> um sometimes you know when I've tried to read romance before admittedly probably more on the spicier side of romance than um than where this book lies but um yeah it's always just got with that subtext or that kind of underlying element of abuse and I just I don't like it you know it's a massive turn off um but this relationship between Mika and Jamie is you know just really nice <laughs> all the romantic interactions are unproblematic you know there just seems to be that real genuine connection blossoming between them that's just really really nice to uh, to see kind of cozy you know comforting you know it's a nice you know just really nice to see and uh, you root for them you know you're kind of really rooting for them the whole time overall I thought this book was a lot of fun you know a bit cheesy for my bitter sour heart but a, a, you know a lot of fun um, I found it really difficult to rate it though because part of me um, again just because I am bitter and sour wants to say <laughs> three stars out of five 
but I think that's actually quite harsh because I did I did enjoy it. Maybe I just need to like admit to myself I did really enjoy it. So I reckon three stars because I just hated all the rhetorical questions. But I'm going to award an extra point just for the sheer fun and lovableness of the characters. Oh my gosh, I nearly forgot to say that the best thing about the book is that there is a golden retriever in it. <laughs> Even though you can't see, obviously you can't see the dog because you're reading the book, but joy, absolute joy. We love a dog, especially a golden retriever called Cersei. Amazing. I will finish up this review with a warning in that it will make you want to pack up your life, run away to a house where you can have your own little attic room with a sea view making up brewing up your teas and everything and you know it will make you want to do that because that's exactly what i want to do i want to pack it all up and just go and do that now thank you thank you if you can make that happen thanks running a small business in today's economic landscape is no mean feat but even if you love what you do the constantly shifting social media algorithms can make it tricky for small witchy businesses to get seen by their perfect customers photography product design bookkeeping emails oh everything that goes into making your business work is enough without having to worry about SEO, backlinks and advertising as well. We believe in the power and magic of the witch economy and that's why we created Coven Market, a virtual directory of the best witchy businesses, crafters, artists, tarot readers and shops. It's designed to elevate your platforms and provide you with the backlinks to boost your SEO. Find out more information at witchologymagazine.com forward slash coven hyphen market hyphen subscription. Our guest this week is Gabriella Rosales, also known as the stylist witch. A quadruple Taurus powerhouse of all things aesthetic, luxurious and beautiful, Gabriella combines her love for fashion and astrology and channels it into a unique blend of colour and glamour magic, helping people realise their own beauty and empowering them through the self-loving ritual of adornment. So welcome, Gabriella. Thank you for being here. Hi, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I'm, I'm very jealous of seeing all the sunshine at your end <laughs> um, this evening. For, well, evening for me, it's very dark here and um, a little bit a little bit drizzly outside as well. <laughs> That's so funny because I'm jealous of that. I live somewhere that doesn't really have seasons and I'm like, oh, I miss seasons. Like, especially now with fall, I'm like, I would kill for some drizzling rain right now. <laughs> That's so interesting. Do you find that if, you, if you're like living in a place that doesn't have seasons at the moment, do you find that affects how you uh, like you know how you dress and like are you finding I mean obviously it does weather wise but do you find that um you kind of really crave wearing certain colors or you know wearing certain things definitely definitely um you know it's it's really interesting because um my family heritage is from South America and in South America the seasons are switched and so um sometimes it's really interesting like uh you know Capricorn season for example for us that's the winter and it's like the color association is black and I love dressing in all black in the winter but sometimes part of me is like I kind of wish that I was in like South America so that it could be like summer for that and I could mm -hmm. wear like you know sexy black summer clothes instead of just like sweaters and like all this stuff you know yeah, so yeah. it's kind of interesting for sure yeah, definitely. I, mean, I just I'm always in black all the time. And I, I did see I saw uh, something was posted. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was the witch's colors is her um, handle. And it was sort of saying you shouldn't wear all black unless you're a winter t or a true winter. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I am, but I like wearing <laughs> all black. So I'm going to stick with it, even if it does, you know, make me look like a drowned rat. That's fine. <laughs> Everybody looks good in black. There's also like shades of black, you know what I mean? Yeah, so true. there's a lot of nuance. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so tell me a little bit more about what you do and your approach to it. So I am a stylist, um, also a, a witch, and that kind of, you know, the witch like is the kind of umbrella term for the things that I practice and integrate into my styling. So that includes astrology, tarot, color magic, um, rituals, meditations, all pretty much everything that is under that umbrella. And I integrate that into the styling work that I do in order to make uh, the styling work more authentic and to really bring out um, parts of my clients that are like repressed or have been lying dormant. Um, I really use those tools as a way to access, um, you know, stylistic choices, color choices, things like that, that can really bring the totality um, of, of someone's self to the surface and be able to embody that from day to day, like in however, you know, however that happens. Um, and so it really is just an embodiment uh, practice for, for all of the fluctuations of life. Um, and so I, I help my clients discover like the you know deeper parts of themselves through reading their natal charts through pulling tarot cards all of those things um and then uh, yeah helping them um along their journey of self-discovery through the medium of personal style mm -hmm. wow i mean that sounds amazing it sounds uh, i mean for a lot of us um through our journey as witches is a lot of uh, kind of building that sort of self-awareness and that confidence and finding that fire within us kind of thing and I love that what you do seems to take that and make it um you know pr present it to the outside world essentially and and kind of taking people on that journey to kind of get to okay I know myself I know who I am I found that fire within me and showing up as that person um I love that love that for everybody <laughs> um so in terms of the, like before I knew about you and knew your um, started learning about your work and everything, I'd never heard this term self-loving ritual of adornment before, which I find is a really beautiful way of, of saying that. But tell us a bit more about it. About it. How do you define the self-loving ritual of adornment? Um, so I define it as a ritual because I view our bodies, our vessels as altars. Um, and so that's why I use the term adornment, because I really want um, people to adorn themselves with the type of reverence that you would an altar, with the type of reverence, the type of respect, um, especially uh, as women, like with the beauty industry and stuff, like we're really conditioned to think that caring about aesthetics or finding joy in any of the things that we're also kind of like required to participate in is, uh, you know, frivolous or shallow or whatever. Um, and so I'm really trying to bring the the agency and the sovereignty back into that because it is such a powerful medium that everybody has access to because we all wear clothes. So it's something that I really try to kind of guide my clients into developing their spiritual practice in a deeper and more consistent way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like through clothing, it's a, it's a great uh, and accessible and tangible way to really uh, begin, you know, ritualizing your your life like as a as a habit on a daily mm. basis, since we have to do that anyway. So it's a great kind of funnel for that. Um, and then that kind of becomes a domino effect where when you start dressing with so much intention and so much respect and reverence like that, it really trickles into the rest of your life. And that mm. is 
a really beautiful development. And I feel like that's kind of the root of like magic and stuff. Anyway, once you start doing that, everything mundane becomes magical. And then everything is just like a miracle. And it's like the same thing with clothes. It just kind of leads you to that place. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's such a um, a lovely turn of phrase as well, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Perfectly encapsulates um, everything that you've just said. Yeah. Lovely. So why do you think glamour magic is so important, um, especially in our particularly in our journey as witches? Well, um, glamour, like the traditional use of the word and glamour magic, the way a lot of us understand it, um, has a lot to do with kind with like illusions, enchantments, things like that. And so when I think of glamour magic, I think of um, the time in our lives when we're all teenagers and we're like trying on all these different styles, you know, when I was in middle school, I had like a goth phase and then I had like a punk phase and then I had like a hip hop phase and all this kind of stuff. And really what that is, is trying on identities and seeing what resonates. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like glamour magic gives us a way to do that and kind of like, essentially like hand out an olive branch to a certain side of yourself and allow that side of yourself to be in the spotlight see the light of day see how that feels does it resonate is this how I want to express that side of myself so I feel like glamour magic kind of gives us that flexible kind of playful way to just experiment and just to see that really is like the journey of kind of self-discovery through personal style is seeing what fits both literally and figuratively right yeah, absolutely I totally agree and I think it also it kind of presents a or gives you an opportunity to challenge yourself so anything that you you find that you uh, might need to unlearn from um, you know being brought up in a, in a specific way or in a, in a, a specific kind of mindset and how yeah. do you unlearn that kind of thing and how do you challenge that and a really accessible way of doing that is through your is through your clothes you know and your style yeah I feel like in a way it can kind of be like exposure therapy. Like I, a lot of my clients and, and a lot of women in general get really uncomfortable being sexy, mm. you know, because that is such a provocative and challenging thing societally. Um, but that's something where like you, you kind of just have to do it. And it's like, it, it's like, it's almost like fake it till you make it, you know, like you got to try the thing on and, and, you know, it's, it's the exposure, right? It, it becomes to uh, be more normal and, and the discomfort lessens and lessens until it's just a part of yourself that exists to shine and be exposed whenever you choose it to. Yeah. And I wonder whether that's um, something to do with knowing, like being sexy and sort of it's exploring your sexuality, especially visually through style. Um, it's, I guess, kind of coming to terms with who is that for and learning that actually it is for yourself you and that's the only person that it's for <laughs> uh, and detaching from that kind of expectation that you know it should be it should be for somebody else or it should be you know yeah exactly as, as people are expecting it of you I suppose <laughs> yeah um, so again thinking about how we are kind of challenging our own mindsets and challenging what we know already um, part of that I think um, is our relationship between the clothes that we wear and our physical bodies you know so I wonder how often do you find that um, with your clients you have to have that kind of pretty raw conversation and ask um, 
you know, they come to you saying, oh, I really like this style. I really like this person's style. Um, and I want to find a way of how I can embody that. And how much do you have to talk to them to kind of break down that relationship and say, well, OK, well, do you like her style or do you like her body <laughs> or do you like their style or their body? You know, um, how much do you kind of find you have to have that conversation? Oh, my God, all the time. I mean, that <laughs> is, you know, and I do this with all of my clients because before we address the external and the physical, we have to address the internal. It's just, especially as women, like it's actually so shocking to see in myself and in my clients just how much we internalize these toxic as fuck narratives. Like it is, I mean, it, it is heartbreaking, you know? And so I find that I always have to start with the unlearning because you if we you know if we have closed minds and closed hearts for these things how are we going to experiment like you can experiment but it won't be fun it'll be a chore and it'll be exhausting and it'll be triggering and so before we ever get to anything we have to address those things um especially because like you were talking about you know body types and stuff because that's super real too like sometimes you see a skinny girl in like literally the most basic outfit and people are like oh my god she's a style icon I'm like it's she yeah, isn't a shirt, just like skinny. you know <laughs> like that's just like being skinny right but mm -hmm. also um I I do find that a lot of people the reason why we go internal first is because I'll like suggest something and people like they won't even try it like they just won't even try it. And I'm like, listen, if you don't like it, totally cool. But you have to try something first to really distinguish that. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like a lot of people have so many limitations um, that come from those things. Um, I, I do feel like recently, you know, with like more diversity in, in the media and like the modeling industry that is starting to shift a little bit. I mean, I think it's starting to shift more for like the younger generations, but like if you're a millennial and up, like we're kind of already so like, we've time. already, exactly. So we have to go in like really deep. And, um, I actually work sometimes with my clients to really identify, um, you know, their limitations, where that narrative is coming from. And I will actually work with my clients to do personalized affirmations so that before they get dressed every day, they say these things and then are able to get dressed in a way that has silenced all of the narratives that stop um, the, the self-loving act of adornment from being fun and from being sacred and being done with reverence and respect. Yeah, wow. So powerful and makes such a, a huge impact. Um, you know, I'm sure it does. I, but my, um, I think the biggest thing for, for me was um, learning that, I guess, not expecting myself to look like somebody else in the same outfit. <laughs> and it's sort of like, yes, yeah, okay, you can put those clothes on, but it's not going to look the same on you because of, like you say, that like different body types and, um, you know, your own relationship and how you kind of hold yourself and your own presence, you know, all of those things can kind of yeah. really impact on well, another thing that I, I place a lot of importance on um, is the rejecting of the term beauty standards, because mm -hmm. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, no. <laughs> so for me, you know, I work, um, I work with Venus, like all of my work is devotional. Mm -hmm. And so as the, you know, goddess of beauty, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
right? So beauty is subjective. It is kaleidoscopic. It's a multiverse. Like there's so many expressions of it. And so I definitely, you know, really like drill that into my clients too. Like everybody has their own unique beauty and beauty is also not experienced just aesthetically and just physical beauty is multi sensational. Um, so that is something where like, you know, the, the development of like what I call your exalted aesthetic, like just the most like high vibrational, highest, um, form of self, you know, accomplishing that, um, through, you know, through the, the glamour experimentation, like that is what we're working towards. And everybody's, you know, you're, you're really teaching, um, yourself and other people, not only how to like receive you like physically, but how to experience you and how to experience your beauty. Because again, beauty is not just surface level. So I always tell people, especially when they're working with Venus and like want to do, you know, outfits as offerings, things like that. It's like every version of beauty is sacred and deserves to be seen and it will be you know received by the people it's meant to be received by so i i just think that knowing that unique beauty and all of the expressions of that just make the world so much more of a beautiful and just interesting place i mean we've all met people who are just so comfortable with themselves that it's like you're you're just magnetic you know yeah. and it really is about you know, having your, your clothing and your garments really just support that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cause it, it's infectious as well. Like when you're around someone like that, they can make you feel so at ease <laughs> with yourself as well. And, you know, and that's such a, a beautiful thing. So what is your, either one of your own or one with one of your clients, what's your favorite or your best glamour magic story? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I started doing what is now my best-selling offering, which is called the closet cleanse. We go through your closet. We identify, you know, things that need to be styled differently, things that need to be altered, things that have, you know, served their purpose for you and, and, and can move on and be donated or whatever. Um, so, I did uh, one of my very first closet cleanse uh, with a client of mine. And we, she had a couple years previously gone through like a really traumatic breakup and was still, you know, feeling a lot of pain from that. And so when we went through her closet, she still had um, some of his old items and things oh, that gosh. really held a lot of, a lot of memory, a lot of pain. Mm. Um, and so we, we got rid of a lot of those things. Um, and you know, he, they had lived together and then he moved out and, you know, there was a, a lot of, a lot of like stagnant, just kind of remnant energy. Yeah. And so we, we got rid of all of those things, which was definitely like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Taurus, right. So I definitely have like a memento type of thing. And so I know that getting rid of things like that is very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so after we, you know, went through her, her closet, we before we like you know consecrated it as like a temple to self-love because that's what we do before that we added some empty hangers into her closet okay. to kind of just like call in 
whatever is meant to be called in and a few months later she started seeing this guy and they like just celebrated their three-year anniversary he just moved in to that place so it was just like so so powerful you know how it's just such a powerful example of really how much how heavy that stagnant energy is you know and moving things around and and you know having those intentions those like welcoming intentions it just I mean it it makes a world of a difference you know she's like a changed person and so yeah that was really powerful I I will like never forget that (laughs) oh wow that yeah that's that's a great story. I was thinking, I was like, oh, let's start with my one. Actually, it's not as it's not as good as that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it anyway. So my um oh my my biggest or the most power I felt from glamour magic is something really really simple. I was gifted um some uh gold glitter nail polish by uh, my friend Lizzie um who you know is always which is really big supporter when I was uh, sort of putting my book together and um. I was having a problem with because it's all like a book of illustrations and I was having such an issue with um a technological issue and I couldn't figure it out and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um and I was like, I just need to take a break. And I painted um the the sparkly nail polish um over my nails, obviously. And um with the little mantra that she gave me was like everything I touch is golden, everything I touch is golden. As I and I, I kind of took a little little bit of a breath, took the dog for a walk, came back, solved the problem. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, also because gold as a color represents magic because it represents like alchemy, which is kind of like, you know, the the rudimentary type of like magic. So that is amazing. I love that much. (laughs) It was so good. And I I had to message her straight away. I was like, oh my goodness, you saved me. (laughs) That's so funny. I actually have a similar story where I did a tarot reading for a client. And with my tarot readings, um, you know, the whole goal for all of my work is embodiment. So I follow it up with like an embodiment guide to be able to perpetuate the energy of the reading. So I had a client, um, I pulled, I pulled like the fool, like the sun, you know, these very like just energetic, like I think even the magician was in there. It was like a very, I was like, you're doing things like magic is happening, you know? And so, um, I suggested to her to paint her nails yellow because yeah, because the magician was there and like, you know, your fingers can kind of be like wands, right? Like that's kind of how it's illustrated in, um, the magician card. So I told her to paint her nails um, like a yellow or a gold or something to embody like the mercury energy of the of the magician, you know, the solar energy of the sun card. And she sent me a picture after and she um, painted all of her nails yellow. But and this was, you know, her running with her own thing, which I loved it. She painted her pointer fingers gold. I was like, I love that because the pointer finger is like the directing of the energy, right? So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, I I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's so funny how it, the the spectrum that it's on, like going from the story about your client, that huge, huge change, that, you know, massive cleanse, inviting something new in and, and, and then experiencing that joy from that. But then also the teeny tiny little things of um just simply painting your nails a specific color 
can be. No, absolutely. I mean, that's why, you know, again, like magic is the mundane, right? And it goes from the, you know, seemingly insignificant things. um, But then it also just shows how significant, insignificant things are, you know, like everything, everything has that. And it, it also just shows, you know, just how powerful this is that it can be used you know, with it, within so many different extremities. Mm, absolutely. Our readers, listeners, are a range of um, beginner witches and more experienced witches. So I wonder whether you had um, some different advice that you might give to each uh, kind of set <laughs> of, of our listeners. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't made sort of good use of glamour magic um or that, that, those kind of things as of yet what would be what would you recommend be the first place to start would it be something simple like nail polish or what what would you recommend is the best place to start yeah i really love nail polish um because we see it all the time like mm-hmm. our hands are our most used body part um you know and it's also what we you know like i was saying with um the client with like directing energy and stuff like our hands have so much energy we, we do we do everything with them you know it's like really what kind of separates us into you know humans having the capabilities mm-hmm. that we do um so i definitely think nail polish is a great way to do that i personally my nail polish ritual um if you follow my page you'll know that this is my thing because i'm very loud about it all the time <laughs> um but i do i try to use the first day of a new zodiac season um to go get my nails done and i will get my nails done um in alignment with the color palettes that i create for each <laughs> season Um, And so for me, that started as just like, you know, the the easiest and most like, you know, visually kind of impactful, at least for myself, way to align myself with the energies of the seasons, because the color correspondences for the seasons are not just random, the meanings of the colors align with the energy of the season. So that was a way for me to kind of like root the color energetic signature into my subconscious like throughout the month and just align myself with those energies so that so that my life can just have more ease and less resistance because when you know what kind of energy is supporting you right now you can kind of like lead your life by that you know like my favorite example is like Virgo season because like at least in the states it's like that's when school starts and like you know i've been out of school for like 10 years but like that energy is still very deeply ingrained into me and so virgo color association is navy blue which uh represents responsibility (laughs) authority (laughs) wisdom so i always use that time of the year because it's kind of like the halfway point through the year to kind of like get my shit together for the rest of the year you know make sure everything is in order and you know stock up on you know office supplies just getting your shit together in like all all the different ways so that's a way that um i find is is very accessible and then for like more advanced stuff like if you really want to get crazy (laughs) i one of my favorite things to do and i do this a lot on my page too like on my stories i love to well i'll dress within the color palette for each zodiac sign but then I'll also kind of mix it with like the planetary rulers of the week. So Mm -hmm. like Scorpio season color associations are like burgundies and reds and blacks. 
But like, you know, on a Monday that's ruled by the moon, um, I'll work with also like whites and silvers and stuff. So I'll kind of use those, those energies and um, the color and energetic signatures of all of that to really like just create outfits. And it's really fun too, because I've come up with combinations that I never would have come up with before if I wasn't kind of challenging myself mm. to embody all of the things. And then if you want to get really, really crazy, you can also look at the sign the moon is in on any given day and like use that. I mean, it's like you can go as deep or, you know, as, as kind of surface as you want, but it's, it's all very fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds so good. Um, whenever I speak to anybody else about okay where do you get started with what you do and regardless of what specialism is it always tends to come down to orientation so it's like okay well how do you connect with the moon cycles how do you connect with um, the astrological seasons you know and it's obviously get, getting started there and starting to understand yourself and how you approach um, and how you interpret things at these different times of year um, can really kind of flush out the, the power I suppose within you in that in that way that's no, really interesting absolutely and I really love that too because it allows for the balance between um you know meanings and things that have already been established and then your own intuition too mm. because you know Scorpio season color association is burgundy and that represents you know sensuality cunning confidence all the Scorpio things but if you associate it and have very strong associations with like, you know, the, the purple or like whatever that, you know, that's, that goes for like all spirituality and witchcraft practices. I, I really love being able to find those balances between what is established and what, what you're feeling. We all know that our intuition always knows what's best. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cause uh, I, I find as well, um, I, I'm very, I think I don't know my my lowest time the time I feel least myself is actually in spring when everything you know if you look at any correspondences for that it's sort of well you know everything's reborn everything's springing to life actually I don't I feel like I want to kind of you know I want to hide in a hole in the garden kind of thing <laughs> um, at that time so it's quite um so you're absolutely right in that you find the ways that that work for you during those times and then once you kind of get into sync with those um with those cycles you then know your own cycles and how you can then kind of balance those sorts of sorts of things out haven't yet tried glamour magic during that time but I think I should because I always feel I I feel like I'm more confident to get dressed in the autumn and winter than I do in spring and summer but maybe that's what I need to do next year start to think okay well actually how do I Exactly. And that's kind of what I mean by these things really helping um, us lead our lives with ease. Like that's the exact same way, because when you're aware of those things and can kind of work with them instead of being like, why doesn't this feel right? Why is this not happening in my life right now? Like why, you know, it just, it just allows you to make conscious decisions based on the type of like energetic support that is in the, in the current right now. Mm, absolutely um I do wonder though um one I say that a lot I do wonder though I wonder a lot of things um something that always um I don't know tells me a lot about a person in the in the best way not in any kind of like critical way it's just who would and I'm going to ask everybody who would play you in a movie of your life let's say there was going to be the stylish witch stylist witch <laughs> I can never say it the stylist witch movie <laughs> who would play you Oh man, this might be a little controversial, but I think Megan Fox. <laughs> oh yes, no, I could totally see that. <laughs> I I mean, 
I've always loved Megan Fox. Like I'm 30 years old. Like I've been around, you know, I have, I've been loving her. I'm glad that she is back in the public eye. Mm -hmm. There's a few reasons I say that. First of all, because she's gorgeous and my style goes like, I've got the long dark hair. Like I always like, I just love that. Like I, she's a muse for me. Um, but also like, she's a witch. I mean, we, we all know this, you know, yeah. like her interviews are, I mean, I, I love her, you know, <laughs> I don't like MGK. So I definitely have like mixed feelings about that, but I'm like, I love her. She's also very, you know, self-actualized. She really doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And she's very comfortable in her sexuality. She's comfortable being provocative, like not just physically, but also, you know, a lot of people don't like her because she that's why I said it might be controversial because I know she's a little bit polarizing but uh but I love her and she she's a Taurus too and I'm a Taurus so yeah there's there's a lot of reasons for that (laughs) yeah I know I can totally see that Um, I'm a Taurus too but and and a Leo rising as well so oh my god (laughs) Taurus I didn't know I love that I think uh, looking at your website I think actually I'm only two days older than you I was born on the 1st of May 92 so oh my god yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so I definitely feel that Taurus energy. And also, um, Jennifer's Body, the most underrated horror movie ever. It's so good. Oh my God, so good. Actually, thank you for the inspiration because it's like Halloween week and I haven't watched that yet before oh, Halloween. So what am I yeah. even doing? <laughs> I last watched it over the summer. So I kind of like, could I, wa- I could watch it again for spooky season. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> definitely an all year round type of thing, but it's yeah. uh, exactly, it's Scorpio season. So I'm going to just like align that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, so it's been super interesting. It's super lovely to talk to you, Gabriella. Thank you so much for, um, for your time. Like, uh, digging into all of this stuff I'm very much um into all of it <laughs> um, yes, but need yes. to kind of explore those things a little bit further as well and hopefully we've inspired our listeners to kind of take a little look further absolutely. or deeper into their own glamour magic and their relationship with their style yes absolutely I I just have to say it is absolutely the most empowering thing that I have ever integrated into my life like it has changed the quality of my life entirely um so so thank you everybody for listening to um thank you so much for having me uh I've always loved the witchology community so it's it's been it's been a real pleasure thank you so much oh thank you if you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to experience it ad free you can become a witchology subscriber and get the podcast magazine and cauldron loads of exclusive content for 10 pound a month head to witchologymagazine.com to find out more